Welcome to Faith to Faith Broadcast. Enjoy the dynamic teaching ministry of Pastor T.B. Peters, the President of Renaissance Assembly Incorporated. This message will take you from where you are to where you ought to be. Tonight is your night. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9. Last night we began from here trying to look at the scripture. It says, For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Verse 9 says, not of works, lest any man should boast. Let's read it again from verse 8 through to 9 together. I want to go. For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Amen. I'll just share some opening thoughts based on this scripture. First of all, salvation is by grace through faith. Say it with me, salvation is by faith. Sorry, it's by grace through faith. Now, don't mix it up. It's by grace through faith. So, the scripture here is trying to tell us the relationship between grace and faith. There is a relationship. Hallelujah. So, he said, it's by grace, but through faith. Hallelujah. Can you say that to someone close to you? Say, by grace, through faith. Glory to God. It means that when it comes to salvation, grace precedes faith. When it comes to salvation, grace precedes faith. It says it's by grace through faith. The first thing I want to dawn on your heart here is that salvation, according to the scripture here, is a gift. He said, for by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is. What is he talking about, the salvation? It is the gift of God. Salvation is God's gift. To humanity. 
Salvation is not God's reward for man's goodness. Salvation is not man's reward for man's effort and commitment. Salvation is not God's reward for man's religious commitments, involvement, service. Salvation is purely a gift. Help me tell someone, salvation is a gift. Not a reward. Glory to God. It's not a reward for man's goodness or efforts. That means that the access to heaven, so to speak, is not based on your goodness. Praise God. Salvation was not even your idea. It was God's idea from start to finish. Hallelujah. There is no cut you would have taken God to if he decided not to save you. There is no authority you would have summoned God to if he decided not to save you. The one that worked all things after the counsel of his own will decided to make salvation free. What is your problem? Amen. Tap your neighbor and say, it's free. What's your problem? Glory to God. Salvation is a collaboration between grace and faith. Grace is the giver. Faith is the receiver. Salvation is a collaboration between grace and faith. Where grace is the giver and faith is the receiver. Grace is the giving hand. Faith is the receiving hand. You know how someone is trying to give something and then he puts his hand over to give and then the other one puts his hand under to receive. Grace is the overhand, while faith is the underhand. Amen. Are you listening to me? Grace is the giver, and faith is the receiver. Now, I needed to establish these fundamentals before we start talking about other things. So I'm just sharing opening thoughts based on what Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9 talked about. Hallelujah. The third thought here is that grace cannot give if faith does not receive. That means that it will look like grace didn't even give in the first place. Grace cannot give if faith does not receive. The statement is not complete. The second part says, and faith cannot take if grace has not given. I'll take it together. Grace cannot give if faith does not receive. And faith cannot take 
if grace has not given. Did you get that? Say it after me. Say grace cannot give if faith does not receive. And faith cannot take if grace has not given. Now, that's what the scripture is saying. For by grace are ye saved through faith. The fourth thought. Faith can only take what grace has given. And grace can only give what faith has taken. Amen. I'm talking about your life now. Amen. It can only bring into your life what faith has taken. Amen. I take that fourth thought again. Faith can only take what grace has given. Grace can only give what faith has taken. Did you get that? Thought number five. In this thought, I'm trying to liken grace and faith to how radios receive signals. So this is the thought. Grace is the transmission station while faith is receiving antenna. Grace is the transmission station while faith is the receiving antenna. Thought number six. Grace initiated salvation. Faith activates it. Remember, for by grace are you saved. Grace initiated salvation. A lines of the scripture will likely come to later. For the grace of God that bringeth salvation. Titus 2.11 Grace initiated salvation. Faith activates it. Thought number seven. Grace allocates and faith appropriates. Let's say that last one together. I want to go. Faith, sorry, grace allocates and faith appropriates. Amen. Well, we've tried to use terminologies that whatever field you function in, it will be easy for you to understand. If you want me to run through them again, I will just run through it again. Salvation is a gift from God. It is not a reward for man's goodness or efforts. Salvation is a collaboration between grace and faith. Grace is the giver and faith is the receiver. Grace is the giving overhand and faith is the receiving underhand. Grace cannot give if faith does not receive. And faith cannot take if grace has not given. Faith can only take what grace has given. Grace can only give what faith has taken. 
Grace is the transmission station. And while faith is the receiving antenna. Amen. Six. Grace initiated salvation. Faith activates it. Seven. Grace allocates. And faith appropriates. Did you get that? These are opening thoughts. Now, if the first thought didn't make it clear, perhaps the second will. If the second didn't make it clear, perhaps the third, fourth, fifth, sixth, or seventh will. But there is a relationship throughout Scripture in the New Testament, overwhelming evidence that there is a strong connection and relationship between grace and faith. But I believe part of the challenge some people have is that they don't even understand what grace is. And the truth is that if you don't understand what grace is, you will never really understand also how faith works. Amen. Did you hear me? Many have tried to operate faith without understanding grace. One of the statements we made here in the opening thoughts is that faith can only take what grace has given. If you don't know what grace can give or what grace has given, that means you are limited in what you can take. Amen? That means that our faith is limited by the understanding or revelation we have of grace. Amen? Are you with me? If you don't know the capacity of someone, you won't know what to ask. Amen. If you know that the person can give you a thousand naira, you know that he has that capacity. Then you can say, please, can you help me with a thousand naira? But let's assume you don't know the person's capacity. Your request or your demands will be less. Are you listening to me? That means your demands, your expectations are based on the understanding of that person's capacity. Without the gospel of Jesus Christ, many will never understand the limitless capacity of God's grace. Let us see if we could look at some scriptures that will help us with definitions. Of grace to understand it in a way that even if you just got born again today, even if you are not saved, you will understand it. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. The word brings light. Amen. Say, I receive light. Say again, I receive light. Glory to God. There are several scriptures that talk about grace. I'll endeavor to explain some of them. Titus chapter 2 verse 11, since I had mentioned it. Let's look at it. In Titus 2 verse 11, it says, I'm going to read 11 and 12, perhaps and add 13. It says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation had appeared to all men, Teaching us that denying ungodliness 
and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The sentence in verse 11, or the thoughts in verse 11, was not complete up until verse 13. Amen. If you took just verse 11, you took a part of it, you didn't take the totality of what he was explaining about the grace of God. Hallelujah. Are we together? Because there are three um, things or phases he spoke about concerning what the grace of God does to a man. Hallelujah. Are we together? So we're going to look at that together now. Now, first of all, he said the grace of God that brings salvation. Amen. That means that salvation came because grace brought it. Amen. So the grace of God that brings salvation. Now it has appeared to who? Did it appear to the good people? No, no, you didn't get it. Did it appear to the good people? The scripture didn't say the grace of God that brings salvation and appear to the Jews. He didn't say the grace of God that brings salvation and appear to the people that were born in church. He didn't say the grace of God that brings salvation and appear to people that like reading their Bible. Amen. He said it had appeared to who? All men. Are you among all men? So the grace appeared to you too. Amen. The grace of God that brings salvation had appeared to all men, teaching us. So, Grace brought. Grace teaches. What is it teaching? How to live. Amen. Grace brings salvation. Then grace teaches you how to live the God life. Amen. And then thirdly, he said, grace awakens within you an expectation. He said, looking, verse 13, looking for that blessed hope. Amen. Are we together? And glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. That means that if grace had finished its work in you, one, it would have brought salvation to you. Two, it would have taught you the God life. Three, it would have awakened an expectation for the coming of Jesus. Amen. If that third one is not complete, grace is still at work. It has not finished his work in you. Amen. Are you listening to me? So here we see that the grace of God, it brings, it means the grace of God provides. We see the aspect of the provision of grace. But it doesn't end with provision. It goes further for with instruction. Ever say instruction. That's why it says it teaches. Put up verse 12. It said teaching us. The Greek word there teaching is talking about is padio. It means to train. 
to discipline, amen, to instruct, to cause the person to go on a curriculum that has already been designed, amen. So, some of us have heard about the provisions of grace, but we've not learned about the instructions of grace, amen. So, from provisions to the place of instructions, and then a bet expectation. Amen. Now, when I say expectation, I know what some of you are thinking. You want to marry next year. That's my expectation. And that's not what he's talking about. This expectation he's talking about is, the Bible says, looking for that blessed hope. Amen. Are we together? And glorious appearing. Hallelujah. That means that because of what God has done in you, suddenly, your greatest expectation is not anything this world can offer you. Amen. Are you listening to me? It's not the new job. It's not the new level. That's not your greatest expectation anymore. You are looking for that blessed hope. Amen. Are we together? There is something more. Your eyes are on the things now above. Not on the things beneath. That means grace had done a perfect work. Amen. Are we together? Glory to God. You know that scripture that we always use when we, when we say, the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. If only you know what the expectation of the righteous is. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I know at a particular level, you just use it for the next thing you are expecting God to do for you. But it's talking about that blessed hope. Maybe I should just add another scripture to give you understanding. Philippians 2, put up verse 10, no, 20 and 21. Glory to God. Still talking about, let me read it this way. Um, did I see two? Three. Three, twenty. Thank you. Let's read together. I want to go. For our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Verse 21. Who shall change our vile body, that it may be fashioned like unto his glorious body, according to the work whereby he is able even to subdue all things unto himself. That's the blessed hope. Amen. Did you get that? That's the blessed hope. That our bodies will be changed. Amen. And that as he is, so will we be. Amen. Remember the scripture in First John? He said, for as he is, uh, yeah, so are we in this world. He said, anyone that has this hope in himself, purifies himself. Amen. That means that when you hear about the provisions of grace and appropriate them, instructions of grace will also come on how to live. What it will produce in you is an expectation. That blessed hope. Amen. That's the ultimate. Glory to God. Did you hear me? The old timers perhaps tried to do that, but there were certain things that were missing. So, they used to say, this world is not my own. <laughs> you understand that? 
And then they are looking forward to something beyond the, 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 the earth, which is true. But what they fail to understand is that there is a mandate to occupy until he comes. Amen. Praise the Lord. So, based on what I just explained, I want to now give definitions of grace. I'm still using Titus 2.11, so that's the foundation I'm using to explain definitions of grace. I'll just give you um, three definitions. Amen. The first one is from Titus 2.11 that we just read. It said, the grace of God that brings what? Salvation. So, definition number one. Grace is God's salvation program for all mankind. Amen. Say, say it with me. Say, grace, grace. is God's salvation program for all mankind. What I mean by all mankind that is not for the Jews alone. It's not for the Gentiles alone. When Jesus came and he sent out his disciples one time to preach, he said, go to the lost sheep of Israel. That means this message, don't take it to the Gentiles. Go only to what? The lost sheep of Israel. Then God introduced a program. Amen. Grace. Hallelujah. God's salvation program for all mankind. That grace has appeared to you. Amen. It has appeared to you. Regardless of where you come from. Amen. It has appeared to you. A translation puts it this way. That the grace of God that brings salvation has been revealed to all of humanity. Amen. It has been revealed. It's no more hidden. It's no more enclosed. It's now made known. Glory to God. Are we together? So, the first definition is that grace is God's salvation program for all of mankind. I want to give another scripture and then I'll give you a definition. In Ephesians 2, you know, we read 8 and 9. Alright? Now, if you read from 8 down to 19, it will give a, a full picture. But for sake of time, I'll just skip some verses. Now, remember, he was explaining grace in Ephesians 2. Where, where, where we read, where he said, For by grace are you saved through faith. That's verse 8. The previous verse, he had talked about the exceeding riches of his grace. Amen. Alright? So, he's still talking along those lines. Explaining what this grace is. So, we're going to look at just two verses. Verse 12 and 19. Amen. Look at verse 12. That at that time, let's read together. Ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. This was before you met Christ. Amen. Are we together? Verse 19. Now, therefore, ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but what? Fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. Second definition of grace. Grace is God's adoption protocol for all races and tribes to become members of God's family. Amen. I'll say that again. Grace is God's adoption protocol. He decided to adopt the whole world. Amen. Are we together? 
to make them sons. Grace is God's adoption protocol for all races and tribes to become members of God's family. Because of the grace program, anybody now can be a child of God. Amen. Before now, nobody could be a child of God. Amen. Jesus made a statement. As many as received him, John 1, 12, to them gave he power, the right to become. That means that everybody that was created is not necessarily a child or a son of God. Amen. So grace was God's adoption protocol. Amen. To bring all of mankind, every race, every tribe, amen, into God's family. So if anyone is not in God's family, he doesn't want to join. Amen. Are we together? Because now the door is open. Never say the door is open. Glory to God. Imagine Bill Gates comes to announce and says, um, I'm looking for African children to adopt. Amen. What do you think is going to happen? They will say, ha, wh- what are we supposed to do? Then he says, just go to your local government and there, we have s- s- put up stations there, fill in your name. And from that moment, you are my child. Amen. Hello. That means he has set up a system to adopt children. Is that not so? God, through grace, has set up a plan to adopt the whole world. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. See, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. Amen. Now, it, it makes you understand grace in a very simple way. That means that God wants a big family. Amen. The last definition I will use for this particular service, I'll read from Genesis 6, verse 8. Now, um, I've taught on this several times, and I believe that it's very proper for people to understand. I know I'm giving you scriptures, and I'm using scriptures to give you definitions. I know that sometimes people say certain things about grace, you know, the conclusions they arrive at, they might sound nice, but what's the scriptural basis? Amen. Are we together? Alright? So, you know, sometimes we try to use the, the grace word, the acronym, and explain that. Maybe it helps somebody. But the scripture is explaining what grace is. Amen. Are we together? Alright. Now, in, why am I going to Genesis 6 verse 8? In Genesis 6 8, we find the first time grace was ever mentioned in the Bible. Hallelujah. And based on theological um, um, practice, that if you want to really understand the meaning of a subject, a phrase, a concept, find out when it was first mentioned in Genesis. Hallelujah. Because it is believed that Genesis is the seedbed for all Bible revelation. Amen. All revelation. So based on that, the word grace was first found in Genesis chapter 6 verse 8, ever in the Bible. Amen. Alright? So we'll find out what it meant when God first used it. Amen. What did it mean when the word grace was first used? Now for you to understand what it means, you have to know what was happening in Genesis 6. Were they going for elections at that time? Did they just release their policy documents at that time? Are you getting me? 
Was Man U and Arsenal playing at that time? You know, you need to understand what's going on, what was going on at that time. So we'll start from verse 1. Amen. To understand what was going on at that time. But our focus is what? Verse 8. Don't forget that. And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair. And they took them wives of all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days. And also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. Verse 5. Let's read together. I want to go. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. You know, this looks like what's happening today. Amen. Alright? Keep it at verse 5. Alright? God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Look at verse 6. And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth. And it grieved him at his heart. Amen. Did you see that? It grieved him at his heart. It shows that God has emotions. Amen. I say God has emotions. Amen. Amen. So it grieved him at his heart. Verse 7. We are getting close to verse 8. So follow me. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, that's animals, and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air, for it repented me that I have made them. Verse 8. But. Everybody say but. When you see that three letter word. But. It means that the story is going back from where. Are you understanding me? From the direction it was going before. Amen. If I say I wanted to give you money today. But. Even if I didn't complete the sentence, you know money is not coming. <laughs> Amen. Are we together? So, God wanted to destroy all of mankind, but... Amen. Are you seeing that? So, verse 8, let's read together. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. So, we see that grace was introduced at a time... Judgment was to fall on all of mankind. Is that understood? The first time grace was ever introduced, it was the solution for the judgment that was to come. So definition number three, grace is God's exemption plan from eternal judgment. Amen. Say it with me. Grace is God's exemption plan. From eternal judgment. Amen. 
That means that God was going to destroy the whole world. But Noah. Amen. That's how today the judgment of God will come upon mankind. But those that are in Christ. Amen. Are you listening to me? Now, do you know there are typologies in scripture? Just as it happened that Noah found grace and God made Noah build an ark and he stayed in that ark while judgment came on the rest of mankind. That's how you and I have been called into Christ and into his church. That the church will be taken away, then judgment will come on the rest of the world. Amen. Am I communicating? So those that ask about tribulations. We will be here. Where the tribulation? You, you will be here. Amen. You asking, you will be here. But the rest of us that understand better. Amen. We know that the Bible says, as it was in the days of Noah, and as it was in the days of Lot, so will it also be for us. Amen. How was it in the days of Noah? Judgment was coming. God took Noah out, and then judgment came on the rest. How was it in the days of Lot? God took Lot and his family out of Sodom. Then judgment came on Sodom. How will it be for us? God would rapture us. Amen. And then judgment will come to the world. Amen. The same way. The catching away of the saints is our exemption. The Bible says he had delivered us from the wrath to come. Amen. That wrath to come is the judgment. Amen. Are we together? Glory to God. So grace is God's exemption plan from eternal judgment. When a man embraces the grace program, he has entered into a place of exemption. Amen. Am I communicating? Did you understand that? I could go on and on, just add one or two more, because I want you to understand this. I want to enter through faith. Amen. (laughs) Glory to God. Through faith. We have been talking by grace. Hallelujah. Through faith. There are several, several scriptures in the Bible. That scripture that says, Come unto me, all ye that labor. Matthew eleven twenty eight through to 30. And a heavy legend, he said, I'll give you rest. Come learn of me. My yoke is easy, my body is light. It's an invitation. Amen. Are we together? The scripture say, that says that he prepares the table before me in the presence of my enemies. It's an invitation. So, grace, i just add one more. This is not part of the, what I'm supposed to give today, but I'll just add it. Grace is God's invitation to rest in his love. Say it with me. Say, grace is God's invitation to rest in his love. We are not done. That's just one part of it. Grace is God's invitation to rest in his love and feast in the spoils of redemption. Grace is God's invitation to rest in his love and to feast in the spoils of redemption. That means he has prepared a table before you. I said he has prepared a table. You were not involved in setting the table. He prepared the table. He invited you to come and eat. That's grace. Amen. Amen. Are we together? He had prepared the table. Then he invited you to come. On that table, there is forgiveness of sin. On that table, there is healing and health. 
On that table, your future is secure. On that table, God's plan for you is on that table. Hallelujah. On that table is your inheritance. Amen. All that pertains to life and godliness is on that table. There's a translation that speaks about, he said, that prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The translation, I, I'm trying to remember if it was a message or New Living Translation. It talked about that God has prepared a six-course meal. Amen. The Western world knows about three-course meal. The poorer the country, the fewer the meals. Somewhere around here, we know about it direct. One cost. <laughs> then in some other nations, at least they know three costs. But God has something more than that. Let's read this. Psalm 23 verse 5, message translation. You save me a six-course dinner. Right in front of my enemies. Amen. That's grace. You'll be invited for a six-course dinner. And God doesn't want you to eat it in hiding. He wants you to eat it in the presence of those that are not happy that your sins are forgiven. Amen. <laughs> you know there are some people that are not happy that your sins are forgiven amen how can why some are not happy that God loves you thank God that his love is not subject to that person's opinion say God loves me glory to God even you cannot make God stop loving you. Amen. Glory to God. Lift your hand again. Say, God loves me. God loves me. Shout again. Say, God loves me. God loves me. Hallelujah. Now, why are we on this path? It's for us to understand that it's by grace through faith that we are saved. A lot of believers are struggling to exercise their faith. They act like faith is, you know, you know how someone is trying to build a muscle in the gym. And they are working on it over a six-month period or one-year period. Some people, before the muscle comes out, they will be broken. <laughs> Are you understanding me? Have you not seen people that are trying to lift something and then it falls on them where they are? Someone has to come and help them. There are many believers like that. And that's why we're coming from this angle to explain this. And I'm taking the pains to give it in a very basic way that you can't miss it. Yesterday I made a statement. I said the greatest revelation you can have is that God loves you. Every other thing can be built on that. If somebody knows 
He has seen in the spirits. And he knows Satan. And knows the second in command to Satan. And knows the demons that are operating in your village. And knows the names of all the demons that have afflicted his ancestors. He has a list. He doesn't forget their names. The first one's name is Gorimakba. He knows their names. That revelation is not superior to knowing that Abba Father loves me. Amen. Some people know how to pray. They call it prophetic prayers. Spin around seven times. Shout, ho-ha! Look towards the east. From one bondage to the other. Listen to me. The greatest liberation any man can have is to know that God loves him. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us that we should be called, what? The sons of God. Amen. We should be called, what? The sons of God. What manner of love? Grace is love unlimited. Are you understanding me? No holds back. Nothing held back. Unleashed. I love what E.W. Kenyon said one time in one of his writings. He said, grace is God's love in operation. Amen. And we are partakers of that. Amen. Now, listen to me. Understand something. You know, I said grace is an invitation to a feast. To feast on the spoils of redemption. But that feast has a time it will end. Amen. Because grace is a dispensation. Amen. The Bible told us in John 1.17. It said, for the law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Meaning that before grace was introduced, the law was operational. Are you understanding me? The law was operational. And the law was just specifically to the Jews. Are you listening to me? But grace is God's program for all of mankind. Jews, Gentiles, inclusive. So the grace is dispensational. A time will come where the windows will close. Amen. That's why we're preaching. Amen. That's why we're preaching. We're announcing, hey, God is running a promo. God is running a promo. Amen. <laughs> Your sins are forgiven. Amen. Free forgiveness. Free forgiveness. Amen. Buy one, get all free. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. That's the message of the gospel. Because it's a promo. It will end one day. And then, judgment will be back. Amen. Upon those that did not take advantage of the promo. Amen. Since they didn't get saved by his blood, they will get saved by their own blood. Amen. That's the tribulation. Are you listening to me? In case you didn't understand the Bible, that's what it is.
So he said, the law was given by Moses. But grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. Jesus introduced it. You know, someone talk about grace and truth. Grace and truth. Grace and truth. Grace and truth. Why, why is he talking about grace and truth? You know, there's something about the law. If you read Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. It explained to us. The King James puts it somehow. It says there, for the law having a shadow of good things to come. That's how King James puts it. Not the very image of the things. That means that the law is a shadow, is a typology, is a type. While grace is the very image, amen, is the real thing. Am I communicating? Mm. So when the Bible says, the law was given by Moses, then it says grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. It says grace and the real thing, amen. The very image, glory to God. Not something like it. There's a translation that talks about the real manifestation. Amplified. Give me amplified of this. Amplified. Okay. Amplified says, For since the law was merely a rude outline, foreshadowing of the good things to come. Do you have complete Jewish Bible? You, okay, you don't have it. It says, Instead of fully expressing those things, is a rude outline, foreshadowing of the good things to come. You know, someone can come and say, um, 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 I, I, I think the best illustration to be is like, someone brings a photocopy of a document. Amen? It's like the document, but it's not the document. Then there's certified through copy. Amen? Grace and the certified through copy, amen, has shown up for us. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the way. What did he mean? The truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. He was not just talking. I am the way. I am not someone that came to point you to the way. The old prophets came to point you to the way. I am that way they were pointing you to. I am the truth. I am the life. Glory to God. Grace is the real deal. Are you listening to me? The grace of God is the real deal. The law was a preview of what God wanted to do for all of mankind. Then grace is the real program. Amen. And thank God you are in the program. Now if you are here you have not received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Hearing the gospel. Because I am soon going to enter faith. Briefly, we will complete it tomorrow. A man cannot, maybe I should start it this way so it will make sense. You know, we talked about grace being God's salvation program for all of mankind. Faith is how you sign up for that program. Amen. Did you hear me? It's how you sign up. Faith is how you enroll, amen, in God's program of grace. Are you with me? Lift your hands. I say thank you, Lord. 
for making grace available to me. Say again, say thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to be a partaker of the grace of God. Amen. Glory to God. Are you with me today? Maybe I will leave the faith for tomorrow. Let's go back to Ephesians 2, verse 8 and 9. Let's read together again. Want to go? For by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Amen. Verse 9. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Listen. If people are made to understand what Jesus actually did for them, rather than trying to get them to be a part of something, are you listening to me? Many will be saved. Amen. Did you hear me? You know, most of the time, when people are approached, the mindset they have is that you are trying to get them to come and be part of something. Either your church or your fellowship. Are you understanding me? They don't first see that you are trying to get them to take something. Amen. Are you listening to me? And But that's the gospel in actual fact. That's the gospel. There are two people I'm going to be laying hands on. Specifically, and the power of God will come upon you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, we give you praise. It is in this announcement that liberation comes. People have come for meetings like this and then they say things like, just pray for us, just pray for us. No, what I'm saying is more important. Amen. Are you hearing me? What I'm saying is more important. Praying for you is just to confirm what I'm saying. Amen. Are we together? Let's confirm what I'm saying. God walking with them. The Lord walking with them. The last verse of Mark chapter 16. Confirming the word. With signs follow. Amen. So the words I have spoken. The spirit of God will confirm. In your heart. First. Then in your life. Amen. And around you. He will confirm it. Glory to God. If the gospel announces that God is good. The spirit of God will confirm it with showing up as good in everything that concerns you. Glory to God. Remember that this edition is for crossing limits. Are you listening to me? As you are hearing, faith is coming to your hearts. To know that God is not holding you back and God has nothing against you. Amen. Are you with me? So now you can cross limits. 
Imagine if you know that God is telling you to go. Are you listening to me? Hello? No, you didn't hear me. If you want to take a step, you know there are times where maybe people, maybe you work with somebody, your boss, and you want to take on a project. And you want to be sure your boss is in on it. You say, um, I just want to be sure that you want me to go ahead. Some of you, you know, maybe you're a spouse, you're a wife, you just want your husband to, to, be, you know, to show that he's part of it. The moment you get that commitment, are you understanding me? You go ahead. Now imagine that that thing that is in your heart to do, God is saying, go ahead. He's not just saying, go ahead. You know, there's a way somebody will say, some Nigerian home video will say, go ahead, let me see how it will happen. <laughs> Amen. No, 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 no. God is not saying, go ahead, let me see how it will happen. Now God is saying, go ahead, I am with you. I'm not with you halfway. I am with you all way. Amen. Even unto the end of the age. Are you with me? Say, God has no wahala with me. Say it again. Say, God has no wahala with me. You know, some, some of you don't... You, that, that has not dawned on your heart. Listen. Listen. If God has beef with you, it will blow you out. Is God afraid of you? I'm asking you, is he afraid of you? The reason why nothing is happening to you is that God has no wahala with you. Satan has wahala with you, but not God. Amen? Every beef God would have had against you, he has poured it out on Jesus Christ on the cross. Amen. So, someone has already been punished on your behalf. Say, God has no wahala with me. If God has no wahala with me, then God is not limiting me. God is not stopping me. God is not my hindrance. Are you listening to me? That means that the scripture is being fulfilled. If God be for me, who can be against me? Amen. I we together? Say, God is for me. Money cannot be against you. Husband cannot be against you. Wife cannot be against you. Competition, business competition cannot be against you. Landlord cannot be against you. I don't know what else again. Are you understanding me? Aha! The witches in your village cannot be against you. The Bible says, surely they will gather, but they will fall. There is a verdict over you. Are you understanding me? Let me put it better. There is a pronouncement that has been made over you. The day you enrolled in the grace program, that pronouncement was activated. You know what the pronouncement is? No weapon formed against you shall prosper. Every tongue risen against you in judgment, he now authorizes you to condemn it. 
<laughs> Those are the benefits of being in the grace plan of God. Amen. You know what God told Abraham? He said, anyone that blesses you, I will bless. He said, anyone that curses you, I will curse. Ah, ah. That means that God will say, just go, be going your way. Amen. <laughs> just live your life. Amen. Do the thing you want to do. Also, uh, but what, what if, um, no, 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 you don't have to be checking whether they are cursing you. Are you understanding me? You will see their life and know that they were causing you. Amen. Amen. Help me tell your neighbor, tell your neighbor, say, cooperate with me. It's for your blessing. Glory to God. Amen. Say, say walk with me, not against me. Amen. It's for your blessing. It's for your blessing. Amen. Anyone that blesses me is blessed. What are you waiting for? Bless me now. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Anyone that blesses me is blessed. What are you waiting for? Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Are we together? Anyone that blesses me is blessed. So anytime you call someone and say, Bless you, you are blessed. Amen. Glory to God. Look at these people that have crossed limits. Whatever it is that has ever held you down today in the name of Jesus, I stand with the authority vested on me by Christ Jesus. I declare your freedom today. I declare you free in the name of Jesus Christ. I stand in the name of the one that set you free. To announce today that you are free. If you came here and you have been tormented by demons... I declare to you, himself took your infirmity. And therefore I declare that you are free in the name of Jesus. Satan, lose your grip on that life. I break your hold over that man in the name of Jesus. I break your hold over that woman in the name of Jesus. I break your hold over that boy in the name of Jesus. I break your hold over that girl in the name of Jesus. I break your hold over that child now in the name of Jesus. Anyone that had had financial struggles as a result of satanic influence in your life and your finances, I declare you free tonight in the name of Jesus. If you've been running around in cycles, Four years down the line, five years down the line, six years down the line. It's the same things. This, what you saw in 2014 is what you are seeing again now. I break you out of that circle now in the name of Jesus. 
Thank you for listening to this message. If you have been blessed, you can reach us by email on info at faithtofaithonline.org or call us on 234-806-361-3560. You are big, blessed, and loaded. Taking the message on.